Scaling Up Nation, Trace Blackmore here, your host for Scaling Up H2O. And folks, there are so many organizations out there. As a water treater, we're probably familiar with the Association of Water Technologies. I hope you're familiar with the AWT if you listen to this show but there's so many other organizations out there that what we do is water treaters touch a certain industry or another. So it's imperative that we stay informed with these other organizations. Now, one of the organizations that reached out to Scaling Up H2O and asked if we would cover their fusion event and expo was... IFMA. IFMA stands for International Facility Managers Association, and they were very gracious and asked if we would come and talk to the Scaling Up Nation about what IFMA is and give them a little taste of what it's like to go to one of their conventions and expo. So folks, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you through the exhibit hall so you can sample some of the vendors that are there, but you also need to realize that that's maybe 25% of what was going on there. They also had a lot of education classes. I was fortunate to speak at one of their events about water treatment and what proper water treatment should do. Unfortunately, I couldn't bring recording equipment in to that venue. And then the other part is the networking. Folks, that is the key thing. When you go to these venues, you've got to get your name out there so people know who you are. People work with people they like, and you have to give them a reason to like you. So I hope that you like my walkthrough the 2019 IFMA Fusion Conference. Just walked into the IFMA conference and I ran into one of my favorite customers, Capital City, Mike Valenzuela. How are you, Mike? I'm doing good, Trace, how about you? I'm doing great. I wanna ask you, why do you come to IFMA? What are some of the things that you're hoping to get here? Well, actually networking, you know, getting new business developed here and uh, meeting new friends. Well, Mike, you and I are definitely friends, and we work well together, so we're talking to a bunch of water treaters right now, so when you're looking at water treatment and what are the buildings that you're responsible for, what are some of the things that you look for? I'll definitely look at the water side of the system and make sure they have proper water treatment. You know, I've noticed, I've learned a lot from you, notice where the inputs and outputs of the water treatment should be. I've seen a lot that's not right and told them about it, so. And we definitely appreciate it when you do that. And uh, Mike, what is one thing that a mechanical contractor looks for when they're choosing a water treatment vendor? The four core system, all four legs on that chair at one time, so. I love it, that's one of the ways that we teach water treatment. Well, Mike, so good running into you and have a great show. Thank you, Trace, do the same. So I'm in the IFMA booth and I'm with April Tone. And April, you do all things IFMA. You know everything about IFMA. We have so many listeners out there in the Scaling Up Nation. It might be the first time they've ever heard the acronym IFMA. What is it? Why do they need to pay attention to it? It is the International Facility Management Association. And anyone that is in a built environment or a facility of any kind and manages any component of it, 
from the ceiling down to the floor and everything in between needs to be connected to this organization. It is the organization of all facility professionals. Anyone who is a solution provider to a facility also needs to be connected. We started uh, facility management becoming a profession of choice, and now we are educating members to make sure that they understand why it's important, how to manage a facility properly, and then tell others about it as well. It sounds like a great organization, and I know firsthand that it is. My company, Blackmore Enterprises, is a proud member of IFMA. Now, how does somebody like me do more with IFMA? Well, you get connected with your local chapter or an industry council or a community of practice. That's where the beauty starts. That's where the magic happens when you're directly working with some of our facility management professionals and you're staying connected and providing solutions to their problems and just hearing what their woes are. So getting connected with a local chapter, industry council or community of practice is definitely what you're going to want to start with. And then the relationship blossoms from there. It just blossoms from there. I love it. So there might be some people listening that know nothing about IFMA and they want to learn more. What should they do? They should go to IFMA.org and say, why join? It's usually the question we get. There's a section that tells you why you should join. There you go. And that's definitely where they get started. It gives you an overview of who we are, where we've been and where we're going. And that's where I would start. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for informing the Scaling Up Nation a little bit about IFMA. It's my pleasure. So Nation, we're always trying to save water. As water treaters, we know that water is the most valuable resource that we have. I ran into Jacob Bryan of Smart Rain, and you are dealing with the irrigation systems. And we probably have gotten in the cars just this morning and have seen water going everywhere when it's raining. Irrigation systems normally aren't smart, but it looks like yours is. Do you mind telling us a little bit about it? Absolutely. Yeah, so what our systems does is it allows landscapers and property managers to control their whole irrigation system remotely from our dashboard on a computer or even our app on your phone. Um, And as well, we've partnered with the weather company and IBM, and we use their weather stations across the country um, to help determine when you need to water, if you need to water, um, as well as ET readings and moisture sensors inside of the ground. Um, And what it's done for us is it's allowed us to save millions of gallons a year for some of our clients, also savings on water costs and even billable hours for those landscapers and property managers. Um, And it's been really big on just the water conservation side, especially in states like Utah, California, Arizona, where there's been deficiencies there. We've really been able to pick up that slack for a lot of those guys on those properties. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for talking to us. I know a lot of us are just thinking about how we can save water inside the building, but you guys are doing it outside. So thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm in the bevy booth and I'm looking around for all of the different water vendors at this show. And you guys aren't exactly the water that I'm looking for. You're more the fun water, the water we enjoy drinking. So tell the Scaling Up Nation a little bit about what you guys do. Totally. So uh, uh, my name is Chase. I work for Bevy. Um, We are the smart water cooler. Um, What we're really trying to do is reduce the amount of bottles and cans that we see in workplaces. Um, So what we did were, were very similar to kind of a device that, again, you would put in your office. You get to choose between still, sparkling, and flavored water. And you're exactly right. It's about having fun and making sure that employees are having a good time. So how much trash does the average office send when it just comes to bottled water and things like that? It's a lot, and it's a lot more than you think. Um, it, we are, a single bevy machine actually saves about 35,000 bottles and cans per year. Wow. Yep. Wow. So it's cool, it tastes good, and we're saving the environment. Exactly. Yep. One step at a time, one bottle at a time. Awesome. Thanks so much for talking with us. Of course. Thank you.
I'm here with Darren Rose, and Darren, you are running the booth for the IFMA Foundation. What exactly is that? IFMA Foundation is a 501c3. It was started up by uh, IFMA as a separate entity. The great thing about it is, is they realized several years ago that uh, half the workforce is going to be retiring in the next five plus years, and something needed to be done about that. And so, with the realization of those leaders, uh, the foundation was started on that and helped developing accredited degree programs and what's called the Global Workforce Initiative. And through that, there's several different initiatives that are in place to help uh, create those credit degree programs. There's 20, about 25 currently that are accredited and several others that are working towards that. We've also uh, began developing a pipeline for uh, the high school level. We have the colleges that are there and ready, but where are the students are gonna come from? Right. And so we're developing that at high school level too. So. Uh, we've been working through that to develop that program too. And there's been some great uh, energy that's been developed at Chafee College in California, uh, in Denver. They're starting up a, a collaboration with the city's economic development department to help underwrite an essentials of FM program so that the students can learn about FM and be paid, uh, the, the teachers can be paid for that event. So a lot of exciting things going on with the foundation. Well, very cool. Now, if someone wanted to find out more about the IFMA Foundation, where should they go? IFMAFoundation.org, and uh, we'll be able to find information there. At the leadership, Diane uh, Levine is great to be able to connect with uh, those people that have, uh, have a deeper interest and learn more about the foundation. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing that with us. Thanks. Appreciate it. So I'm with Ross Kumaletti of LogCheck, and Ross, you and I were just talking about some of the ways that you make reporting easier. So if you wouldn't mind, share with the Scaling Up Nation what it is that you guys do. Yeah, so we're basically a digital logbook used for any type of routine maintenance tasks, including um, you know, boilers, chillers, cooling towers, meter readings, and then even like quality control, visual inspections, fire and life safety. So we found you know a lot of people are using pen and paper, the stuff just gets filed away not easy to kind of communicate what's going on out there in the field and also kind of track what has been going out in the field uh, with like graphs and things like that, unless you're taking time to re-enter it into a computer. So we made a pretty simple uh, digital logbook. We fully customize it based off your existing log sheets um, for coin towers, meters, things like that. And the guys go out there in the field and use it just like those paper log sheets. But with LogCheck, we can actually input um, operating ranges, we can actually add photos, uh, notes, and all the stuff goes back onto a dashboard for whoever's in charge of reviewing that information to kind of pull up and see right away what's going on, especially if they're remote, you know, they're not on site, they can't get up to that cooling tower, things like that. Um, so just a pretty simple way to really get the communication going and a simple tool for the guys to use out there in the field where, you know, they're not getting slowed down. You know, we're not trying to make their life any more difficult, give them a nice tool to actually input all the data. And then at the same time, bringing a lot more value than having it just sit in a file or taking time to re-enter into a computer. They just, whoever's reviewing the information, just pulls it up and can see what's been going on out there that, that day, last week, last quarter of last year. And you were also telling me how you were using this tool for Legionella regulation compliance. Can you tell the nation a little bit about that? Yeah, so we're, we're based in New York, so that's kind of where it first kind of popped up. And uh, what we found was these laws came into place pretty quick. They had the regulations. So we actually took those and input them into log checks. So, they got, so all our current clients were actually able to just upload those and start taking the readings for exactly what, um, in this case, New York City was looking for in terms of the, the regulations they really wanted to strive for. So they were using that you know, right off the bat. I mean, they, they had a quick turnaround of, I think, two months where they had to get this stuff implemented. And we helped them do that. And it's been working pretty well. And as you, could, you guys probably know, it's, it's kind of spreading throughout the nation right now. I think LA just implemented it and 
you know, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and more important for people to start keeping track of. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for sharing this with us. Yes, thank you. Appreciate the time. I'm here with Dave Desjardins of Vega, and Dave, you just got through showing me a passive approach to how we can mitigate Legionella in some of the building systems. Do you mind taking the Scaling Up Nation a little bit through what you just told me? Absolutely, absolutely. So Vega has a couple different products. We make press fitting connections, but one of our fittings that we have is actually a double drop elbow. And so the idea about that is that you're going to be tying your fixtures in series. And so the most used fixture will be at the end. And as that gets used, you're always having flow through the, the network, so you never have stagnation. So by doing that, it's just a different way of approaching plumbing, but it, it's a very passive approach, and it's, it's nothing, we're not adding anything or anything like that. All it is just just always having that fixture being used, and you're having fresh water being in, integrated into the system. Now, on the hot side of things, you know, when you have something like that, the code requirements differ and how far away from that research line I can go. So a lot of times plumbing engineers have the issue. It's like, well, that's nice, but if I have to be in the situation like a public lab two feet away, then I create a balancing problem for them. So we introduced the thermostatic balancing valve. Basically what it does, it's always changing. It's dynamically changing with changes in, with the system. And so it's always trying to maintain uh, that return temperature. So where the lowest temperature would be on the return side of it, on the hot water research side of things, you set that and let's just say it's at 120, 125. It's always fluctuating, changing with that changing flow to maintain that certain temperatures. So as the system changes dynamically, the valve changes with it. Very cool. I love that you guys are taking a passive approach. So many people are looking at, if I get Legionella, now how do I do something with an action strategy? And you're saying, hey, we're just going to mitigate it from the beginning. I love that approach. An ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Exactly. That's our thoughts. Awesome. Thanks so much for talking with me. Appreciate your time. So I'm here at the Georgia Lightscapes booth, and I'm with Randall Gunnels. And Randall, you caught my eye because we were talking about load and heat transfer on HVAC equipment. And you said, you know what, if we take some of the load off, that's actually going to save energy. That might even make a system that's uh, not size large enough that we can take the load off. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, by removing the ballast out of the fluorescent troughers in a building, we just eliminate that heat source. It, it's just a waste of electricity. There's no benefit from it. And we move over to LED, which is about 90% efficient. So very little heat out of that. Most of all the energy goes into the light production rather than wasted on the heat. It makes sense. I will tell you firsthand that I replaced all of the lights in my warehouse with LED. The light quality is amazing, and my power bill went down tremendously. Exactly. That's it. You know, save about half the money on your power bill. Awesome. What's the ROI on a normal project? Typically, it's about two years to about 30 months. So right in that range. If you're, let's say you're burning your lights 24 hours a day, it's going to be more like 18 months. But if you're burning your lights 10 or 12 hours a day, it's going to be about 24, 28 months. Well, Randall, thanks so much for talking with us. Hi, you're welcome. So walking around the IFMA conference, and I found the U.S. Department of State. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I'm not exactly sure why you're here. Can you tell the Scaling Up Nation what you guys are doing at the IFMA conference? 
Well, our sole purpose in being here right now is to recruit facility managers. We have uh, locations all over the world, and it's actually the State Department that is responsible for all of the facility management and maintenance and sustainment operations for every facility that we have overseas. You know, in the U.S., we're covered by the General Services Administration, and, and we don't have to worry. Overseas, it's, it's, it's us, and so we actually actively recruit three or four times a year, an announcement at a minimum will go on USA Jobs, and we are looking for people who are interested in having a career traveling the world and uh, doing facilities management. And, you know, within the area that you talked with about uh, water treatment, wastewater, a, a good number of our facilities now, due to the, you know, the locations that we're operating in uh, with, you know, all the new formation of uh, the newly independent states in Central Asia and things like that, you're in locations that may not have the infrastructure locally, and because of that, we don't want to be poor stewards. And, and with that, we actually have our own, on our embassy compounds, we'll have our own water treatment systems to come in because we need potable water and it may not be potable coming from the city. And consequently also, we want to be a good neighbor. So on the backside of it, we also have uh, wastewater treatment plants uh, at, at a fair number of our facilities overseas. So we, we do actively get involved in what you do. And, uh, and, and, and certainly it's one of the more interesting aspects of, of our job sometimes. Uh, we rotate from one place to another. We get a facility that's 80 years old, and then we might come to a new one, and it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's two years old and has uh, ultra-modern equipment and building systems. Well, very cool. Well, James, thanks so much for sharing with the Scaling Up Nation why the U.S. Department of State is here at the IFMA conference, and uh, cool stuff. All right. Thank you so much. Scaling Up Nation, I am always so impressed by all of the different industries that come to exhibit at shows like this. But the thing that impresses me most is that us water treaters touch almost every single industry. There is just so many industries out there that use water to transfer heat or use water in one way or another. And we as water treaters have such a great impact on making sure that that's doing the best it could be done. And we're doing it as efficiently as as we possibly can. So I hope you enjoyed that walk through the exhibit hall. And you're probably wondering, how do you get more information about some of the people and some of the companies that I spoke to at the IFMA show? So if you go to scalinguph2o.com and look at my show notes page, you will see that all of the websites for the people that I spoke with are listed there. So you won't have any problem looking up some of that information. But of course, I also want you to check out what are the organizations that you need to be in the know about so when they come to your local area, you can go to their events. Folks, when you go to your local events, it doesn't cost you a lot of money and now you're getting involved in the area in which you work in. That allows you to network out. It allows people to start to like you so they can start to use you as their professional water treater. Take it from me, when you get involved in organizations such as this, it's a great way for people to really start to trust you and learn about the quality of service that you provide. Well, folks, as you know, I am always looking for my next show topic. What is the next 
Scaling Up H2O going to be about? And you, the Scaling Up Nation, you're out there, you're helping me each and every time I ask for it. And if you are that one listener that's out there and have never written into me on scalinguph2o.com or sent me a voicemail through the website, I am talking to you. I need to hear from you. I need to know what this show needs to do for you. What questions do you have? Who do you want me to interview? What are some of the topics that you want to hear on Scaling Up H2O? Folks, it is a village that makes this podcast. So please be part of the village people and send me all that information so I can continue bringing Scaling Up H2O to you. And of course, if you leave a voicemail and I use it on the air, you will get the most awesome Scaling Up t-shirt that you have ever seen. I've already seen a bunch of people at AWT Functions walking around with them, very proudly I might add. So you can get your very own if you let me know on voicemail on my website what you want to hear on Scaling Up H2O. Folks, I love bringing this show to you. So I hope you have a great week until I come at you next week on Scaling Up H2O.